It was just amazing to me to hear that the Jews were trying to kill Lazarus also. Why? Because on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. His testimony, him being a witness, him being a living, breathing example of the power of Jesus. And so that just shows us that like we're so our testimony has power. Our testimony has the power and uh, the ability to touch people's hearts, to stir people, to realize that God can do something for them. Hey, everybody, it's me, Michelle Wright, and welcome back to the 99 Ways to Win podcast. So we're going to be doing something a little different this episode. I am sharing uh, the recording from my Divine Discussions prayer call, which occurs every third Saturday morning at 7.45 a.m. Central Standard Time. You're going to hear a few different voices uh, during the discussion, including my co-host Fallon. Please excuse the background noise uh, on her. She happened to be in a noisy area, but her comments were really good, so I didn't want to cut them out. You'll also hear Adney of the Call by God podcast, and hopefully you have checked out that podcast as I asked you to do um, a while back because I was interviewed um, on their show and participated in a couple of different Uh, panel discussions it's a really great podcast Uh, you'll also hear from my friends Jamie and Nina in this discussion so we're going to be talking about the topic when sinners and shamers meet the savior and we're going to be speaking about an account that's in all four gospels but I'm mostly focusing on the passage in Luke that describes it and this is the story of the woman who had this expensive uh box of ointment and she used it to anoint Jesus's feet and there was this like this whole kind of controversy uh, concerning what she was doing and how other people were looking at it versus how Jesus was looking at it so I think whether you've been in church for a long time or you have never stepped foot in a church you are going to get something out of this uh, lesson in this discussion so let's get into it The topic is when sinners and shamers meet the Savior. And this story is actually in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm mostly going to be focusing on the account in Luke, which is chapter 7, verses 36 through 50. Is anybody able to read um, 36 through 39? I can read it. Thank you, sis. And I'm reading from ESV. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered, saying to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, say it, teacher. Am I going too far? You know what, go ahead and read through 50. Thank you. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. 
when they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. Thank you, sis. So you've got the sinner, the shamer, and the savior. The woman, obviously, said mentions a couple of times, you know, she was a sinner. And then you have this Pharisee that's so focused on, oh, this is is a bad woman. Is she? she, Why is he associating with her? Why is he accepting this? You know, he's he's the shamer. He's focused on shaming her. And then you have the savior, Jesus. And what I just want to talk about is how Jesus responds to sinners, repentant sinners, obviously not people that are just blatantly doing whatever, don't care, not trying to change. We're talking about us, you know, that, you know, have sinned and came to Jesus or those that are in sin, but they're realizing that, you know what, I got to change, something ain't right. And... You see that he doesn't he doesn't shun her, he doesn't belittle her, he doesn't do anything negative towards her. He he accepts her. She's coming, she's obviously repentant, she's anointing him, she's crying. She he sees her heart. And we have to remember that we have to remember that that's how God sees us. So obviously, if we already say, like, you know, we're not living in sin, but if we mess up. Fallon and I were talking last night about how we can beat ourselves up, we can have these thoughts, and, like, even after we've been in Christ, we feel like, oh, you know, you start thinking about stuff that you did, and, you know, Satan starts putting stuff in your head, and like, well, who are you to try to do this or pray for this person or tell them this because, you know, you did such and such and such. And... If we focus on that, you know, the way the Pharisees would say, well, there, then that's not, that's not of God. That's not of God. God is saying, yes, I know you did that, but you came to me, and I forgave you for that. So now go tell somebody else that I forgave you for that and that they can be forgiven too. The other thing is after he accepts us, he forgives us. He doesn't hold it over our head. He gives us forgiveness. God is justful and faith to, faithful to forgive us of our sins when we come to him. And um, there's something else that Fab and I were, we were going through. We were talking about a lot of a lot of stuff. Um, but there's that scripture. There's a scripture that talks about the difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. 2 Corinthians 7 and 10, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. And I was telling Fallon when I read that, I think about, Judas and Peter. 
Judas, you know, obviously betrayed Jesus, like he did something quote unquote worse. But he felt bad afterwards and gave the money back, but then he went and hung himself. Peter denied Jesus and was cussing and swearing up and down. He didn't know who Jesus was because he was scared. And he was sad, but he didn't go kill himself. And when Jesus went back to him to restore him, he was able to be restored. And so if we focus on having shame, we focus on, you know, I'm too bad. I can't come back. I did too much stuff. You know, he's never going to forgive me. All these other people are better than me. We can't be redeemed because we're so focused on thinking about what we've done wrong. But if we focus on, okay, I'm I'm wrong, God's right, but God loves me and he wants to put me back in a right relationship with him, then he can redeem us, then we can accept his forgiveness. Because if we don't believe he can forgive us and we don't we're not gonna ask. And if we don't ask and accept it, then he can't he can't forgive us. So that was one thing that I wanted to bring out. The other thing was how he defends her. Because he know, he knows what this this um, Pharisee is thinking, and you know he tells the story about the servant, you know that the servants that were forgiven of the debt, and how he went and you know the, he was very grateful um, that he was forgiven that debt, and you know he says, look, this woman, this woman has anointed my feet. This woman, you know, is wiping wiping my feet with her hair. You know, look at what she is doing. So he. When we come to him, he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of you. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to celebrate you. I'm going to let people know, look, this is my child. In Matthew 26, I'll go ahead and read it, starting with verse 8. It says, um, same, same account, same story. It says, when the disciples saw, saw this, saw the woman, what she was doing, they were indignant. Why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. Truly I tell you, wherever this gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So, again, once he forgives us, he's not focused on what we did. He did in the past. He's focused on what we're doing now. Are we praising him now? Are we worshiping him now? Are we serving him now? Are we faithful to him now? Are we seeking him now? And he's like, look, this is what this woman is doing. Y'all leave her alone. What are y'all talking about? And I don't know, for me, that was, um, especially in the context of, you know, working on the story that I'm working on for the book that's going to be coming out. Um, next year, it was really touching and important to me because one of one of the things that I dealt with more guilt and shame about was having been in a same-sex relationship for you know um, a few years and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, I don't need God's not holding that over my head, so I don't need to be trying to hold that over my head as oh you did this or you can't tell anybody anything or, you know, you're not good enough or you're not the same as all the other women in in the body. You're lower than them. Or Jesus doesn't say that. And whatever the sin is, whether you committed adultery, fornication, drugs, whatever it was, Jesus is not looking at that and saying, nope, you, you can't. You can't serve like everybody else. You can't testify like everybody else. That's That's not what he says. And there was one other thing that I wanted to bring out. 
and then I want to hear what y'all have to say. Can somebody get John chapter 12? John 12, do verse 1, and then jump down to uh, and read 9 through 11. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. So Lazarus was there. Lazarus that was there for three days, and Jesus rose from the dead. He was actually at this um, this meal as well. And um, John is the only account that actually brings that out. And it was just amazing to me to hear that the Jews were trying to kill Lazarus also. Why? Because on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. His testimony, him being a witness, him being a living, breathing example of the power of Jesus. And so that just shows us that like, we're, so our testimony has power. Our testimony has the power and uh, the ability to touch people's hearts, to stir people, to realize that God can do something for them. So we are supposed to not hide, not that you tell every single detail of everything that you did, but not to hide that we were messed up, that we did this or that, or, you know, that we're not perfect, that we're supposed to share what God has brought us through, what God has delivered us from, so that somebody else can be encouraged. Because I don't know about y'all, but that's part of what helped me. <laughs> that part, that's part of what helped me want to come to Jesus, and that's part of what helps me stay in Jesus, is hearing that other people have been through things, and God help them with that, deliver them from that, um, whether it's something that happened five years ago or last week or last night. Um, and then there's that passage in um, there's a passage in Revelation where it talks about uh, the saints overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So the Bible tells us that our testimony, that our story of what God has brought us from is important. Um, so, you know, those are just the things I wanted to bring out that, you know, you're going to have people, whether they're religious leaders like the Pharisees or even these disciples that have been walking with Jesus. So they're supposed to be, they're supposed to be good church people. You know, they're, they're supposed to know, you know, what the focus is. And they're like, oh, she could have she spent that money on something else. What is she doing? They're judging her. And then you got the Pharisees judging her because of her past. And then the other people judging her not because of her past, but because they feel like her act of worship was not appropriate. She, she didn't make a good decision. She didn't do what I would have did. People being critical instead of looking at, like as Jesus did, looking at, no, this is somebody that's coming to me that has a heart for me, and that's what I'm focused on, and that's what we need to be focused on. So um, when sinners come to the Savior, he accepts them, he forgives them, he defends them, and he celebrates them. So when we when we come to Jesus, when we first get saved and after we're saved, when something we mess up, He accepts us, He forgives us, He defends us, and He celebrates us. So that is just what I wanted to share today, and I would like to know what you ladies think, what you have to say. My my appreciation for looking at both accounts, right? In Luke, it doesn't say who she is. 
in John, it says that it's um, Mary, the, you know, the sister of Lazarus. But either way, both these women understood what Christ did for them. And mm. in understanding what Christ did for them, they knew to worship him. So let's bring it to modern day, because right now this is like where I'm at uh, spiritually. Jesus discipled, and in discipling, he established relationships. And in establishing those relationships, people fell in love with him. And in falling in love with him, they worshipped him, right? Mm. Simon didn't understand what Jesus did for him. Remember, it says Simon was a leper, which Mm. means what? Jesus healed him of his leprosy. Huh. It says Simon the leper, right? It does say that in Sometimes one of the accounts. Miss, and I was like, wow. Exactly. Wow. Wait a so minute. Jesus healed him of his leprosy. He had to. You know, I didn't think about that. Yeah, he would have had to have had because he couldn't have been having a dinner with all these people if he still had leprosy. Exactly. Mm. But that woman understood what Jesus did for her. Simon, you were an outcast. You weren't even supposed to be sitting amongst everybody, but I opened a door for you by healing you of your leprosy. You didn't even kiss me and wash my feet. But Mm. this woman that you're talking about, her sins as visible as they may have been, yours were just as visible. Mm. I'm the reason you're able to sit here and, and have this conversation. So let's bring it to modern day. Um, When we go to worship, is it a routine for us? Well, we got five acts of worship. Let's get it done and go to Bible study and then we go home. Or do we remember what Jesus has brought us from and why we are there? Spirit needs to transform to, wait a minute, this week I wasn't in the accident. Oh, that person tried to come for me, but they didn't win. Let me worship him for that. Let mm. me completely surrender to him for that. And that's what came to my mind. Mm. Amen. Thank you, Adney. Thank you, sir. Yes, ma'am. Come on, Alice. I just kind of wanted to piggyback off of what uh, Adney just said. We were just talking about that last night. Where's the testimonies in the church and stuff like that? You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get hyped for God. Like, this is a miracle. This is amazing. We This should be celebrated. And it seems like a lot of times the church is kind of dead about that kind of stuff. And, and that, like, they turn their nose up just like them talking about her. You know, they, it seems mm. like they turn their nose up to to free worship, I guess I want to call it. Like, <laughs> giving yourself to God. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you at home and all that stuff, you probably do something totally different than how you act in church when you worship. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, it's just, it's a little different. So I agree with what Adney was saying. Amen. Michelle? Yes, ma'am. So I think the thing that... I really love about this story is, um, like you said, it's in all four Gospels. In Matthew, he says, you know, wherever the Gospel is preached, this will be, you know, told about her. Mm-hmm. And it is. It is in every Gospel. And I just love that promise he makes. And it just mm-hmm. shows us that he, 
always keeps his promises, even, you know, even to that, you know, and that probably got glossed over, like, okay, whatever. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's right? A, yeah, at the time, the people there were like, mm, okay. But you know what? It's, I think it's also something we pay attention to the anointing, we pay attention to the sin, we pay attention to all of that other stuff. And I don't know that we really pay attention to that as much that he kept this promise that he, you know, she would be mentioned in every mm. gospel. The gospels weren't even written. They didn't even know they were the gospels yet. Mm. You know, and so he said, you know, wherever the gospel is preached, you know, this is going to, this story is going to be told. Wow. I never thought about it that. Didn't matter which gospel the new church had because they didn't have all of them at one time. They didn't have the Bible like we do. So they may have only had Matthew or they may have only had Mark, but they still got this story because it was in everyone. Come on, Nina. Mm, that's another example of God's faithfulness. And the, the beauty as well, too, that some, some of us don't realize is Luke. Luke is your historian, right? So Luke does research. So Luke's gospel is always longer and more in-depth because Luke is writing to a good friend of his, Theophilus. And in writing to Theophilus, he says, this is what I gathered, this is what I gathered, this is what I gathered. And he puts it together. It's like when we read our history books, right? It's all research that's done. And when you look at how um, he explains, like he, he – I can't remember what they call what the book of Luke is shows which part of Jesus is shown in the book of Luke, um, but which part of his nature. To see his love for this woman, and like you said, he celebrated her. Because again, I'm walking in dust, and she's wiping and washing my feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. Mm-hmm. In Jewish custom, a woman never uncovers her hair, mm. but she didn't care. She uncovered her hair in the midst of men. That was never done. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? So when mm. he shows that, it's like she didn't care what they were saying. I'm here to... To worship him, to anoint him. And in John, it says that she anointed him for his burial. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then you have Judas who's sitting at the table in John. And Judas is the one that says, Why was this done? Why, was, why such a waste? But he didn't <laughs> say that it was a waste because he said it was a waste because he was a thief. <laughs> the love of money. Like, hey, I could have sold that and made some money off of that. <laughs> but this woman saw that Jesus was worth so much more. Yeah, she could have sold that. But it, but he was worth every single ounce of that oil. Hmm. But Judas didn't see that. That's why he committed suicide, right? Because hmm. once he realized he betrayed innocent blood, how can I now fall down and worship he didn't understand the relationship he had with Christ. Mm. He was in the midst of them all, but he didn't have that relationship. It was surface. 
Mm-hmm. You understand? Mm-hmm. So when we look at all four gospels, each of all of his uh disciples are there. Every single last one of them. But a lot of times we just look at like a lot of people say Judas committed suicide because of guilt. And what it was is you didn't even know the person that you served because if you knew him, you wouldn't have taken your life because you would have understood he's a loving and forgiving father. He's not looking at what you did to him. Mm. But you had the opportunity of repentance, and that's where we all falter. We forget about that opportunity of repentance. Wow. And that's why we hold that guilt and that shame in because we don't take him at his word. You know, um, there's a song that's coming in my heart. I can't, rem- I can't remember it right now. But just to know, just to know and trust. You too. Oh, it's going to come to me. Take him at his word. so sweet to trust in Jesus? Yes. Just that to take part. him at his word? Yep. Yeah. I can't. I can't remember the words to it. Fallon is the other songstress on here. So sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His word, just to rest upon. Jesus was sent to do, he did. We just have to understand that his promises are true. Mm. We can't be like Judas or Simon the leper. We have to be like the woman who had the issue of blood or the woman with the alabaster box. Mm. And I think that, you know, one one of the things that we... You know, we there's so much in in Luke's account. There's just so much in it, and you can do so many different angles. And mm. I think one of the things that we always think about is, um, you know, the fact that Jesus really, really appreciated what she did. And as I was reading it, I recognized that he was disciplining Simon. Mm. And he had to break Simon down. I feel like, and it just came to me, that he would have been okay. He was cool with rolling into Simon's house, 
and not necessarily getting the royal treatment because that's not how he was. Mm-hmm. But he had to break it down to Simon and say, not that I needed you to do that. I didn't need you to give me water and do all of these things for me. I didn't need you to do that. But I just want you to know you're judging her. And she gave me her best, and you didn't. You didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And it just reminds me of, you know, how, our, you know, we can be disciplined in a harsh way um, when, we, when we're judgmental. We've got to be very careful about looking around and trying to figure out what other people are doing and, and you know, and worrying about what their walk with, with God is. She was moved mm-hmm. um, and touched because of the things that she had gone through in her life. Mm-hmm. person sitting next to me uh, on Saturday, I was at a ladies program, and she was into she was feeling it. She obviously had some things on her mind mm-hmm. and <clears throat> very spirited, just I could feel her energy, and she was talking and you know during the when the speaker was speaking and and I, when when everything was over, I told her I said, I really appreciate the way that you were, how spirited you were. It helped me to connect a little bit more because I said, wow, like she, mm. God is good. He's touched her life. And so Simon could have used this as an example to say, wow, look at the power mm-hmm. of Jesus. Look how he has touched her life, you know. And mm-hmm. um, we've got to be careful about, judging other people's walks and, you know, um, in my worship service, there are people who stand up, you know, and, and, and they feel that they're giving God their all. Um, I close my eyes. I'm sitting down. When I'm standing up, my eyes are closed. I've, I've woke, you know, I've opened my eyes 10 minutes later, everybody's sitting down. I'm still standing up because I know they had sit down. (laughs) And so, you know, we have to be careful about because she gave what she gave what she wanted. She did what she wanted to do. And Jesus wasn't I don't think Jesus was spanking Simon on the hand as bad as we typically think or usually think. He was just basically had to break him down and let him see, you know, mm-hmm. that let her do her thing. And mm-hmm. and as a matter of fact, you didn't do nothing for me. So <laughs> chill on what you're saying. You need to relax what you're talking about. I feel like, you know, we, we need to be careful about how people, how we, we perceive other people um, coming to, to God and to Jesus. And mm. we need to be careful about how we perceive what their relationships and what their motives are, because we don't always know. That's good stuff, Jamie. Jamie, that just made me think of something as you were, like, contrasting them and bringing it into today. It's like Simon wanted everything Jesus had for him, but he didn't want the relationship. Mm. But she relationship first, and then what he had to give her. It was like that. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was and the way it was we, supposed to be. That's wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, like, went relationship, and then, like, she gave him the repentance, and she gave him the honor, and then it was the gift of her sins being forgiven. Whereas Simon wanted all that, but he didn't want the relationship with Jesus. He just wanted what Jesus had to give him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I was thinking when Jamie was talking about how, you know, you got this dinner here, but then Mary, you know, was, was 
humble and you know doing this worship and it's like I'm thinking I was like you know what Simon he wasn't showing any humility I mean he had he had Jesus over you know so he got this dinner uh, or whatever this meal that he's prepared that's not anything that necessarily requires humility right as a matter of fact it makes you look good hey I put on this bread you know and got you over here and I got all this food laid out for you there's not really any humility required in that Whereas this woman, and I, like Adney pointed out, she uncovered she uncovered her hair. She didn't care what other people were thinking. She was concentrating on worship. And I guess my my what I'm just thinking now is this is this is just the thought that I'm coming to and the points that we just made. I guess I'm I guess I'm saying is that how do we know having him over did not require any humility on his part? How do we know that? Mm-hmm. He invited the man into his home. How who are we to say that that I mean? I don't know. You know, how many times have you invited somebody in your home for dinner? I'm saying it to Jamie. Because um, it takes a lot to do that. It takes a mm. lot to open your home and prepare. And so I guess my thought, just my takeaway, of, of there are many, for Jamie is to be careful about checking folks' hearts. <laughs> because we mm-hmm. do not know. And it just came to me that Jesus, you know, he had to take him down like that. You know how Jesus would talk to people. But he, but Jesus never needed all of that. He didn't want all of that. But um, and even bringing it up, in, you know, to today, to us worshiping tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we see people that are busy in worship service, maybe looking in their purse or on the phone, and you know, chatting behind you when the preacher's talking and those kinds of things. And it's easy for us to say that you know where they are. I just I know I'm gonna to have to check myself. Mm. I'm gonna to have to check myself because first of all, if I'm distracted, where is my head? Mm. So this is just for me. I'm not talking to anybody but Jamie because there's a group of just two women Amen. who have sat behind me a couple of times that are chatting when the preacher's talking, mm-hmm. and I feel like I might have kind of given a back glance the last time it happened. <laughs> And that was, you know, that wasn't the right thing to do because now that I'm thinking about it, they were discussing something that he was saying. Mm. And if they they need to do that with each other, they're friends. Who are, who am I to say what what they need to be doing? Simon was certainly concerned about all of that. Mm. And he was concerned about the wrong thing. I think we can all agree he was. And Jesus set him straight. Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus is setting me straight today. <laughs> He's setting me straight today. Oh, I pre I appreciate that that honesty, Jamie. I appreciate that humility and that transparency, sis. Really, that's good. That's good. Man, that makes me think about when my daughter was younger, and she would like she would like want to draw in church, and well, Jamie, you left us. Uh, right after I came to Southside, but I don't know if Nina's ever seen or not, but she brings, you know, now she's older and she has a, a ta- art tablet and she pull, she'll pull it out and sketch or whatever while the sermon is going on. But there was a time when I was like, well, you ain't supposed to be drunk, you know, I'm like, you're not supposed to be doing that. You're supposed to be looking at a, looking at the Bible or looking at the preacher. And he's, why, why are you drawing? You're not focusing or whatever. And she was like, it helps me, it helps me to focus my mind. I'm listening to what he's saying. And I'm like, and I'm just so focused on it. They don't look right. 
you know, it looks like you're not paying attention and you shouldn't need to do that. And so then I told her, I said, okay, well, at one time when she was really, really young, like elementary, I think I was like, well, you need to, if you're going to draw something, you need to draw something about what he was preaching about. So she would draw like a little comic or something about what he was preaching about. Um, then when she got a little bit older, she would, I didn't tell, I didn't tell her that, but then I said, okay, well, I'm going to, after service, I want you to tell me what he talked about. And she would. And then whatever she sketched may have not been anything that had to do with God or church or Bible or anything. Uh, you know, she wasn't drawing and drawing anything crazy, but, you know, but I was like, okay. And she was like, well, yeah, he was talking about such and such and then, you know, saying that we need to do so-and-so. And I'm like, she is listening. This is how her brain works. And, you know, she has things with, you know, sound and noise and stuff like that. So, like, that was what she needed to do, and a lot of times she still does. And back then she didn't, because I didn't understand everything that was going on with her, she wasn't wearing headphones to block out all the ambient noise because she she can't filter out ambient noise. So just sitting in the sanctuary, I didn't know this when she was in elementary school and middle school, sitting in the sanctuary could be overwhelming and tiring for her because she's hearing people moving and people whispering and people getting up and walking. All of that is coming through. And on top of people singing and the preacher, get all all of that is going on in her head. So she needed that drawing to help rein things in. And so I had to realize, okay, Michelle, stop focusing on what she quote unquote supposed to do, and this don't look right. And somebody gonna think that your child's not paying attention and you're not properly teaching her, or disciplining her, or whatever. She's listening. She showed you she's listening. Let her do what she needs to do. So it can even be in your own family with your own kids of you being caught up on, you're supposed to do this. No, see what is their heart? What is actually going on? And be open to that. Hey there. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this discussion when sinners and shamers meet the Savior. And just to put it all in a nutshell, um, All of us have sinned at some point in our lives and when we are repentant and we submit to Jesus Christ and we come to him with a sincere heart, he will accept us, forgive us, defend us and celebrate us. So if you have not already given your life to Christ, I encourage you to read your Bible, talk to somebody who you know is a Christian, find a local church of Christ in your area. is the best decision that you will ever make. Uh, If you want to write me, ask me questions, anything like that, you certainly can. Michelle at 99waystowin.com. That's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at 99waystowin.com. Also, if you want to join us on the Divine Discussions prayer call, so the last one for the year will be October But it actually will not be on the third Saturday because I am planning to be at a conference. So for October, it will actually be on October the 13th, 7.45 a.m. Central Standard Time. Just dial the number 351-999-3267. Again, that phone number is 351-999-3267. Divine Discussions Prayer Call, 
the speakers gives kind of a brief message and when we we just as you heard we just talk about our responses our thoughts whatever kind of rabbit trail that we end up going down uh as a result of that that's just what we do you know it's just a way for us to to bond to encourage each other and to learn together and then what you didn't hear because i turned the recorder off is after we do the discussion we share our our praise reports we share our prayer requests and then we just pray for each other support each other by going to god for uh, the things that we are in need of and so it's really powerful it's a really a blessing for everybody that's there so we would love to have you any ladies uh, that would like to come if you know somebody who is looking for something like that tell them tell them to call in We'd love to have them. All right. So with all that being said, make sure you share this with somebody that you care about. And until next time, keep seeking your success.